You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm just glad to be live and, uh, and, uh, and here with you today. And I got to tell you, this Christmas, I saw the biggest miracle I've ever seen in my entire life. I've seen cancer defeated. I've seen diabetes. I've seen legs grow. I've seen my own kidneys get healed, but this Christmas, the greatest, most miraculous miracle I've ever seen. And I want to show you a couple pictures and then I'll explain. Can you show up the first picture, please? This is my family, my cute little family of five. That's Henley, Hudson, Holton, and obviously my wife. And a few days before Christmas at Candy Cane Lane, just having the greatest time. What I like about this photo is everybody in this photo is potty trained. (laughs) Everybody in this photo knows when it's time to eat, knows when it's time to go to bed. They get up without waking up the whole house. They don't eat bark. What I love about this family of five is it's so peaceful and everybody was so good and trained and Can you show the next photo? And then, this is Christmas morning. Can anybody see something different in that photo? That's little Gage in the middle. And he's our new puppy. And uh, Christmas 2020, everything changed for me. (laughs) The reason it's the biggest miracle I've ever seen, us getting a dog, is because on day one, when I went on a date with my, with my wife of now 17 years, we had, a, we had a, a conversation. And she said, hey, do you mind if this thing, you know, progresses? What's up, little Smith? How, you're not that little, but what's up, man? Good to see you. She said, she said, like, on our first date, first couple of dates, if this thing progresses, is it okay if we never get an animal, a dog? She's like, I don't like the hair. I didn't like the dogs, my dogs growing up. Is it okay if we never get an animal? And I was like, even though I had dogs growing up, I didn't really care that much. So I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, well, if you agree that um, I can hire people to fix things because I'm not very handy (laughs) and we got a deal, which was a big deal because her her dad and her brothers build custom homes in Oregon. So that was kind of a big thing. So that was our like first week of knowing each other. We had this agreement. And then over time, over years, my kids just never gave up, and they wore my wife down. And all of a sudden, a few weeks ago, she became a savage, like, dog person. And she started looking online, and we ordered, we ordered a dog from Ohio that drove all the way to San Diego. And we put him away in, in, a, uh, in our friend's, uh, Naomi, in her kennel. So she, praise God, kind of trained it for a little bit, and, uh, and then we surprised our kids on Christmas morning, and it was the greatest miracle that I've ever seen, and, you know, this morning, God bless him, at 4.40 a.m., he, you know, saying hello, and I think he was praying in tongues or something downstairs, woke us all up, and, uh, you know, so a little gauge, but God's doing a new thing, and it took, and it shall take place, and it did come forth on Christmas Day for us. 
Um, and a lot of us want to do a new thing. A lot of us want God to do a new thing, but we keep doing the same thing. My wife had to change her mindset. She had to realize that she was going to have to sacrifice some sleep, spend some money. He wasn't cheap, especially get, get him here from Ohio. She had to change the way she was thinking. She had to cut some old mindsets off, some old way of thinking. She had to realize she's going to have to sacrifice some stuff in order for there to be a new thing in our home. Today, I want to let you know that we can't step into the things that God wants to do that are new if we keep doing the same thing. We got to shred some stuff. We got to cut some things off. We got to change some behaviors. We might have to cut off some relationships. And I want to talk to you about a story in the Bible that I haven't talked to, I've only talked about once since I've been uh, preaching. And I love this story about blind Bartimaeus. He's one of my favorite uh, characters in the Bible. And I want to talk to you about him because he teaches us some powerful things on Shredder Sunday that, uh, that we can learn going into a brand new year. So if we can go to Mark 10, 46 to 52, we're going to kick it off. It says, now they came to Jericho, him and his disciples, and then it stops and it says, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. I like Jesus because he always did things in groups. He always led in groups. He discipled in groups. He did miracles in front of people. He, he would say that community is essential. He came out and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. He sat by the road begging. Now, blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. So blind Bartimaeus didn't even have a name. He was just a son of somebody else. And Bible scholars will tell you, I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert, blind Bartimaeus isn't blind at the end of this passage of Scripture. He gets healed. He gets healed. But scholars will tell us that Timaeus, his dad, was also blind. And so one encounter with Jesus broke generational curse of blindness in this family. Let me just tell you, what you do today matters to the future. It matters to future generations. One encounter with God with you can change your kids. It can change the way the future of your family and generations live. And I want you to know that Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a no-named man in the, Old Te in the New Testament, he was no factor. Nobody expected anything from this guy. And yet, thousands of years later, we're reading about this guy in the most popular book in the history of the world. I want you to know today also that uh, people may have not expected anything from you, but today you are, you are alive and well in 2020 in the most chaotic year that I've ever been alive in my 46 years, and you are uh, alive today for such a time as this. It doesn't matter if you're, you're a no-namer. It doesn't matter if you've never been recognized for something. God can use you if he can use blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus is a hero in the Bible, and he didn't even have a name. He was a blind beggar. And God used him. He sat by the road begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus is sitting by the street begging, and he heard that it was Jesus. I believe this. I believe blind Bartimaeus had a dream when he was a kid. I believe he had a dream that he would see one day. I think he pictured himself opening his eyes and actually seeing what everybody else was talking about. I think he had a dream to get married one day, to have kids one day. I think he had this dream, and it's like he had this dream and he believed, but he didn't. It was like he, he, he saw it, but he didn't. It was like a long shot. But then the Bible says, 
when he saw or when he heard that it was Jesus, everything changed. He began to cry out. I think there might be some people here and people have been telling you that you have potential. People have been telling you that you have a future. People have been telling you that God can use you despite your past. And you can kind of believe it, but you still feel like it's a long shot. The reason is because you've never heard it from Jesus. You've never heard Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus came walking, and then Bartimaeus started to cry out, Jesus, son of Nazareth, have mercy on me. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. He is the rhema word of God walking by blind Bartimaeus. And when he heard it, faith hit him. And now all of a sudden he believed it for himself. I want you to know this morning that if you have a dream, you need a word from God. Because when you hear the rhema, the alive, the revealed word of God, all of a sudden faith will come on the inside of you and you'll be able to believe it for yourself. He heard it was Jesus. The revealed Jesus was walking by and he started to cry out. He went from begging by the side of the road to crying out to praying. When Jesus comes into your world, you're going to go from begging to praying. No longer do you have to beg anymore. I know a lot of us are Christians in here. Some of us might not be. Hopefully today you will be. But I know a lot of Christians who are still begging for things that Jesus already died to give them. Jesus has already come into their life and they're still begging for things. He said it is finished. He's not dying again. It really is finished. He's not done in your life, but it is finished. You don't have to beg for your healing. You were healed by his stripes. You don't have to beg for your freedom. The Bible says he disarmed principalities and powers on the cross to set you free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. All you got to do is step into it. You don't have to beg for peace. Peace is on the inside of you. You don't have to beg for power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. But we're begging for more of Jesus, begging, begging. He's already given you all of him. You got 100% of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. All you got to do is get rid of you. Let it not be I that live, but Christ that lives in me. We don't got to beg him for stuff he's already given us. Let me remind you, you are a son. You are a daughter of the most high God. And the Bible says it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You don't got to beg anymore. That doesn't mean you don't have to battle. You just don't have to beg. Come on, in 1776, the United States of America was declared free, but we've been battling for our freedom. For 240 years. And if we don't battle right now, we're going to lose it. That's why we're open. I told myself I wasn't going to go anywhere near that today, but I just can't handle it. Just can't handle it. 48 says, then many warned him. So he cries out. And then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I like blind Bartimaeus because as soon as he started to feel his dream happening, he got passionate. He started to pray. He started to cry out. And then the haters came and they said, shh, blind Bartimaeus. They tried to like remind him of who he, who he was. You're just a blind beggar. Jesus can't use you. Be quiet. Because what happens is when you get passionate about something, all of a sudden, people want to bring you down because they're challenged in themselves that they're not doing what you're doing. You start taking ground, 
people say, shh, come back down by me. The haters come out when you start to excel. But I like blind Bartimaeus because he used his haters as his motivators. And he cried out all the more and he said, son of David, have mercy on me. I love it when people tell me I can't do stuff. When I was in high school, my junior year, I blew out my, my, my knee, my ACL, in a game against Granite Hills in El Cajon. I'll never forget it. My own teammate. I need to forgive somebody today. And I remember going the next day on a Saturday to the doctor. And this doctor, now this is back in 91. Some of you weren't even born in 91. The doctor said, you're probably never going to play football again, and you may never play sports again. I was devastated. I was 16 years old. I had no dream except for to play a professional sport. That was my dream. And he said, you're never going to play again. And I had a decision to, to make. Did I just believe the hater and stay down, or do I go get a second opinion? I went and got a second opinion. And the next opinion said, oh, we can fix that, and you can be back in four to six months. Well, guess what? I was back in three. And I'll never forget that doctor because he motivated me to get in the gym and to work out and to try as hard as I can and to go even harder because I wanted to prove him wrong. Let your haters be your motivators. I like Nehemiah. In Nehemiah 6, 8 to 9, the New Living Translation, Nehemiah was a guy in the Old Testament, and he, he wanted to rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the wall. And so he starts to rebuild, and he's gathering all of these people, and wouldn't you know it, all he's doing is rebuilding his city, and wouldn't you know it, the government comes and tries to shut him down. It says, you can't do that anymore. You're rebelling against the king. And Nehemiah was like, yeah, whatever. So he gets all his people together, and they start building. And instead of stopping, he, he just gets, he tells all his people, build with one hand and hold a weapon in the other hand. And the Bible says there wasn't one construction guy without a weapon on his hip. Today, I think that we need to continue to build with one hand and fight with the other hand to rebuild this city, to rebuild our city. Even though the government's coming in on Nehemiah and saying, you're rebelling, you're rebelling. This is what's his response. I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. This is in the Bible, people. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. This is the government. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Come on, if 2020 has taught me one thing, I want to go after God with greater determination. I want to build the church with greater determination. I want to rebuild our city with greater determination. You should want to build your business with greater determination. Come on, let's make our haters our motivators. Let's not let them shut us up or push us down. Let's let it motivate us to do more. Let's let us motivate us to do more. Nehemiah. So Jesus stood still and commanded Bartimaeus to be called. Man, this was the moment Bartimaeus was dreaming about. And you know, there was nobody passionate in the Bible that Jesus didn't respond to. There was nobody that came to him that didn't get healed. Nobody that came to him that didn't get what they asked for. As long as they didn't give up. Faith never gives up. Faith continues to cry out. So Jesus stood still and commanded Bartimaeus to come. Then they called the blind man saying, these are the same people I was trying to hate. 
there'll be people coming back that we're hating. They'll come back, and it's okay. It's okay. We'll invite them back with grace, hopefully. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. He is calling you. This was the moment Bartimaeus had been waiting for. And here's the thing. There will be a point in your life, if you're believing God, that he will call you to something. Maybe he's been preparing you. Maybe he's been testing you. Maybe he's been seeing what kind of resolve do you have. But there will come a time when he will call you, and are you going to get up? Are you going to answer the call? He's always calling, but are we going to answer? There will be a time where he will call you, and you need to be able to get up and respond and answer the call. Will you answer the call when he says, start that business? He's been preparing you for it. Will you answer the call when he says, take that job, ask that girl out, try to, uh, or don't try to marry that girl. Ask that girl to marry you. Start to tithe, start to give, because giving isn't tithing and tithing isn't giving. Will you go all in when he says, go pray for that person? Will you be like Isaiah that says, here am I, send me? Will you answer the call when he calls? Because he's going to call. He's going to call at some point in your life. Now it's about to get good. Verse 50 says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose. He got up. The title of this message is get up. He got up and he came to Jesus. Now we got we to gotta look back at the significance of this, of this statement. He threw aside, somebody say throw aside. He threw aside his garment. This garment, they say, might have been the only thing that he owned. He was a blind beggar. This garment identified him as a blind beggar, which gave him access to sit on the side of the road, not on the road, in the side of the road, and beg. This is how he made his living. If he threw off his garment, he was going to be exposed. This, he was going to put everything on the line. What if it didn't work? What if he was embarrassed? But this was his moment. This is what he dreamed about. He was willing to put it all on the line. He threw aside his garment. Sometimes when God calls you, we have to make changes. We have to change the way we think. We can't, we can't let the label that the world puts on us stay on us when God calls us. We can't put the label that we put on ourselves stay on us when God calls us. The only one that can label you is the one that created you. And his name is Jesus Christ. Don't let the world label you. You had to throw aside his label. You had to throw aside his, his mindsets. Some of us need to take some things off today and shred some things. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's the way you used to think about yourself. But blind Bartimaeus would not be denied and would not accept the label that man had put on him. He would only accept the dreams that God put on the inside of him. Two thousand eight, two thousand ten. Uh, I was in full time commercial real estate, and uh, my wife and I had had done fairly well. We had bought a whole bunch of different properties all over the United States, and then two thousand eight hit, and all of my eggs were in one basket. I lost everything. All all my properties, my own house, everything. I had a one year old and a two year old little boy, 
And as a man, I'm meant to be the provider. I'm meant to bring security around my wife and, and my, my two little boys. And I lost everything. We were so broke, we had to sell my wife's wedding ring. I felt like a joke. I was embarrassed. I was shameful. I was depressed. I was disappointed. But I'm just thankful that I was at a church and around people of faith that would encourage me. Because like blind Bartimaeus, I was beat up, I was beat down, but I got up and I went to Jesus. And I went to Jesus every morning in prayer. I went to church every week. I tithed every week, even though it was very, very little, if anything. But I had to break off and shred the shame, the depression, the disappointment. We only get one shot at this thing. You know what God said to me? He said, Jesus wasn't perfect because he never made a mistake. He was perfect because he never sinned. Jesus wasn't perfect because he never made a mistake. He was perfect because he never sinned. And I'm not saying Jesus made a bunch of mistakes or anything. I mean, maybe he put a nail in the wrong chair or messed up an order when he was a carpenter or something. I don't know. But what God was saying was, my grace is sufficient for you just because you made a mistake. It's not like you went down this crazy road of sin. But the devil will take advantage of you if you let shame and guilt come on you. And it will act and feel like you've been sinning and that you can't be used. But that's not why Jesus was perfect. He's a good father. If you make a mistake, it's okay. Just get up. Get up again. Go do it again. And i got to tell you, this year... This year, beginning of this year, before all the chaos, I got hit with something. And honestly, I started to slip back into victim. Oh, God, here we go again. Here we go again. He said, God, it can't happen again. I can't lose everything again. I needed a word from God because I kind of believed it wasn't going to happen, but I kind of believed it was going to happen. And then I heard Jesus. And faith hit me. And I got a word, and he said, trust the call. Trust the call. And every morning I would go and I would pray, and I would trust the call, trusting him that it wasn't going to happen again, that what he called me to was going to come to pass, that I wasn't going to lose everything again. I wasn't going back there. And wouldn't you know it? It didn't happen. God came through, and it's too long of a story to tell you right now. But miracle after miracle after miracle happened. I didn't lose anything. I didn't lose anything. In fact, this was the best year I've ever had, to be honest, financially. But we got to get a word from God. You got to get up again. You got to keep going. You got to throw some stuff aside today, but then you got to go take care of business. You got to go, you got to work out your healing. You got to work out your deliverance. Some of you want an answer today and you might get one but some stuff may have been coming on you for five years and you you think it's just going to go away like like just because it goes away doesn't mean your mindsets change or you forget things your behaviors have to change the way you think have to change you have to take every thought captive that's what i had to do does this agree with christ does this agree with the bible 
you got to get up and do something about it. You can't just throw stuff aside. Blind Bartimaeus got up. He got up and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Thank God that we have Vision Sunday next week. So you can ask God something. You need to prepare so that when he asks you, you got something to say. How terrible it would be if Jesus came into your world and he said, what do you want? And you're like... Take some time to think about what you want. You have not because you ask not. 2021, there might be regulations, there might be restrictions, there might be lockdowns, but there ain't no limits because Jesus is in your world. Let's get a big old ask. Don't come asking small, come asking big. Don't be false humility religious. Ask big. He's a big God, there's no limits. There's no ceilings in heaven. The only ceiling over your life is what you put over your life. The governor can't keep you down. The laws can't keep you down. Because you have a limitless God. The blind man had an answer. He said, Rabboni, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. One encounter with Jesus. Because he had faith, he was able to see because his faith made him well. He got faith. He was able to see a future. And now he had a purpose. Now he was on the road. Remember, he was sitting by the road. Now he was on the road following Jesus on a, on a, on a road to change the world with a purpose. And he could see and he snapped generational curses. Blind Bartimaeus. A hero in a Bible. That's why we can never let anybody take our faith. Because it was his faith that allowed him to see the future that he always dreamed of. It's always a fight of faith. That's why we're called believers. We're always called to believe God. No matter what hits you, believe God. The Bible never says stop believing. It says only believe. Only believe. Only believe. There's a woman that's, I'm going to finish with this. There's a woman. She's 78 years old. My wife met her. Her name's Anka. My wife met her about three years ago at 24-Hour Fitness. My wife talks to everybody. She tries to get everybody saved and she tries to get everybody to church. So she goes in with an agenda. She sees this woman by herself. She starts talking to her. My wife has a beautiful heart. She started talking to this woman and she got to know her a little bit and became friends with her. She would see her at the gym. They would say hi. And then my wife started asking her, what can we do for you? This woman's not safe. She's from Romania. So we've known her for a few different years, and we've kind of invited her over a few times. And my wife, you know, we've taken stuff over to her. We've helped her fix her house and a few different things. She's lived by herself for about 35 years. She's hilarious. She cusses like a trucker. It just sounds weird coming from a Romanian older lady. It just doesn't fit. But the other day we had her over and uh, my wife made her a, a great dinner. We took her out to see lights because she loves to see lights. And then we, we took her home. And while I was out barbecuing, my wife was talking to her. She kind of uh, opened up to my wife about her life. We didn't know the full history of everything. And she got divorced about 35 years ago. And uh, 
from that point started taking care of her mother whom she had a great relationship with and she was the only sibling that would take care of her, her mother and so she was doing everything and there was always contention amongst the siblings and then her, her mother passed away and there were some discrepancies, fights, I'm not even sure what all happened but her brother's wife came to Anka and said you will be single alone and miserable for the rest of your life You know, one of the things that Anka says to me every time I see her is, I'm a miserable person. I have a miserable life. Then she cusses. But she's lived alone. You know what she does on Christmas morning, Christmas day? She pours two glasses of wine. One for her, one for her person that's not there. She drinks this glass of wine then she goes to the other side of the table and she drinks that glass of wine she basically has like a conversation with herself the reason that's happened for the last 35 years is because she agreed with a curse that a woman put on her and now she can't get out of it there's some people here and you've agreed with a curse that someone has put on you or you've made an inner curse to yourself. You've cursed yourself by making an inner vow, saying things like, I'm not gonna trust that person. I'm not gonna ever do that again. I'm never gonna start a business again because the first one failed. There are some of you that need to shred inner vows. There are some of you that need to shred word curses that people have put on you that you've agreed with so that you can move forward. My friends, Anka has been living by herself, miserable for 35 years because she agreed with something. She needs to cancel that word curse, break that agreement, and she needs to forgive her sister-in-law. Her sister-in-law probably doesn't even remember, but yet she's been living with this. She needs to forgive. Some people here need to forgive somebody today. You need to shred that unforgiveness, and then you need to get up, and every day you say, God, help me to forgive that person and pray for him. You gotta do stuff, you gotta do something. Come on, let's not make 2021 the same as 2020. Let's not live with stuff we've been living with for the last 30 years, 30 weeks, three days. Let's shred that thing and move forward, amen? Amen, come on, why don't you give Jesus one more shout of praise. Stand to your feet. Let's all stand, I wanna pray for you. But before I do, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never heard the message, you didn't realize that he died for your sins, or maybe, one time you did, but you know, you're back in church now and you're saying, you know what, today I want to rededicate myself. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ or you want to rededicate yourself to Jesus this morning, can you just lift your hand where you are right now and I want to pray for you. Is there anybody like that? Anybody like that here today? God bless you guys. I see those hands back there. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? All right, I want everybody in the building to repeat this prayer, especially those of you that lifted your hand. There's a few of you back there. Say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today, I invite you into my life, and I thank you for your forgiveness. And I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, 
go to awakenchurch.com. 